0: Sorry. It would help. Rookie mistake. Turn on your microphone if you want to be heard. Good morning, Bridge Church. So great to see you here. It's a joy to be with you. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we get ready to celebrate the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Whether you're joining us online or you're in the room this morning, you are in the right place, all right? And uh, my wife here, Amanda, is with us. We are honored and blessed to be able to be here and give Russ and Wendy a well-deserved weekend off somewhere we'll just leave them alone let them enjoy their time but i heard that this is a dancing church i don't know if it's true or not maybe someone in here dances. all right
1: yes so great to see you
0: i remember molly uh san antonio yes okay so i dance too, uh, especially this song because uh, when god called us out of darkness into his glorious light Remember that salvation day, that glorious day. Don't hold back, don't hold back in your singing, don't hold back in your rejoicing. Let that joy that's in your heart overflow this morning. All right, as we sing out, here we go. I was big. in your life has been broken and shattered, it's my testimony, it's your testimony, it's how we overcome, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Let's declare it this morning. Here we go. I needed a rescue, my sin was heavy,
1: but chains break, I need a shelf. But now you call me, I'm a citizen of heaven.
0: great things about visiting other churches and other houses of worship is you get to hear the songs that they're doing and be exposed to amazing new songs. This one's awesome. That just declares the power of praise. Strongholds are broken. When God moves, amen. Let's sing out this morning.
1: Let praise be a weapon that silences the end. this morning.
0: A word that we typically use in everyday language, I guess, unless you've got your magnifying glass out on the sidewalk and you're frying some bugs, right? Anybody ever do that when they were a kid? Okay, yes. I uh, personally have to say I watched friends do it, but actually I didn't because um, I, I like bugs. No, I don't like bugs, but I just don't like being mean to cooking bugs. <laughs> sorry TMI like irrelevant (laughs) just a little bit about me I like animals but anyway um so magnify means that word actually means to make something bigger you know when you use a magnifying glass it just focuses uh, the heat on that but to magnify making something bigger than appear bigger than it actually is so um when we say we magnify the Lord you can't actually do that how does one make God bigger than he actually is he is like he's beyond our comprehension of magnificence, right? Like he's just so massive. So you're like, okay, so when we magnify the Lord, how do we do that? The the real thing that we do is we magnify God's presence in us. So as we sing this morning, this new song might be new to you. It says, Christ be magnified in me. And what that is, is there's a wrestle against the, the flesh and the spirit and each and every one of us each and every day but when we surrender ourselves and we lessen ourselves that's when christ is magnified and christ is made bigger in us and when we go out into the community people don't see us anymore they see christ in us amen they see his love his peace his patience everything that comes from the fruit of the spirit come on we rejoice this morning So whether this song is new to you, it's easy to catch on to. So I pray it's a prayer that comes from not just on your lips, but comes from your heart. And maybe if you can't sing it, that it's just something that you're reading and you're praying and you're declaring and you're making it true this morning. So we surrender ourselves to you, God. Lord, we love you. We ask you to be magnified in us. Anything that is making you any less significant, the ways that our flesh rises up and tries to Stay on the throne, Lord. We relinquish that this morning. We lay it down. We say, Be magnified in every portion of our lives. Holy Spirit, move in this place today. Speak to us the things that we don't even know, God. Areas that we need to lay down that we don't realize. But when we give you priority and precedence and we magnify you, you are glorified not only in us, but through us to the world. We bring your hope and shine your light. We're privileged to be your vessels this
1: morning. we creation suddenly articulate With a thousand tongues to lift one and cry And from all... It's the yeah. most melody joyous cause you're there too and I won't be formed by feelings I'll hold fast to what is true cause if the cross brings strength be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be
2: You can be seated. And Father, that is our heart today is to literally lift up Jesus. The scripture says if the Son of Man be lifted up will draw all people unto himself. And so as we lift up Jesus, Lord, we know because we agree and we're in alignment with the truth of your word that as Jesus is lifted up, all will come to him. All will be drawn to him. So Lord, thank you for the privilege of worship today. Thank you for the privilege of praise today. Thank you for the privilege of knowing your presence today. Thank you for releasing yourself to us in greater measures of understanding, Lord. That's our heart, is to know you better and to be more aware of your presence. And so, Lord, we lean into that today and we are grateful. And Father, I pray for every person here and everyone who's watching online or maybe those later who will be uh, listening via podcast. Father, right now, we need help. We just need help from you. Our world is just not the world we grew up in. It's not the world that we imagined. It's, we're a world in crisis right now, and we need help. And so, Holy Spirit, as a son to a good father, I'm asking, would you release your presence in greater measures right now? Your grace in greater measures right now. And for every person here that you would minister to every place in their life right now. That you would be our helper. You would be our counselor. You would be our comforter today. We need you. And we need help. And so we're asking for grace. Help us understand what it means to live above the fray to live above the line, to live above the chatter and the noise and the distractions that are coming at us and are vying for our attention all day and even all night long. And so we lean into and we rest into you. As the book of Hebrews says, we're to enter into that rest. We, by faith, enter into that rest right now. And, we, Lord, we, we literally declare a death blow to the spirit of hatred and the spirit of fear on the earth today. We declare it in the name of Jesus. Every agreement, every alignment with fear and hatred, we, we deny and we break those agreements in the name of Jesus. And, Jesus, we set our eyes on you. Focus on you. Because you're everything. You're not just our life. You're our source of life every way lord and we love you and we honor you in jesus name everyone said amen Amen. Amen. how many know sometimes we just need to press pause on the drama of life amen and i feel like right now we as a church i just want to share something with you really from the core of who i am This is not a show or a performance. And the reason I want to declare that from the start is because we're going to do what needs to be done today so that you walk out of this room with every opportunity to be lifted, every opportunity to have your eyes refocused and your gaze shifted upon Jesus Christ. If we do nothing else today but that, we will have succeeded as a church family today. Can I get an amen? My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I want to welcome you to the bridge. Thank you for being with us. We had a wonderful time, first service. And I I shared with the first service from my heart when I started seeing people walk in today. And I'm not sure why this week more than ever. But every person I saw and engaged, I, I just melted. Because with just love and thanksgiving and gratitude that you would show up when the rest of the world seems to be shutting down, locking down holing up, barricading themselves in, you are choosing faith over fear, and I commend you for that. (laughs) Way to go. Kudos. High five, five stars, three thumbs up, whatever it takes. Oscar goes to you. So whatever it takes to just say how much I appreciate the fact that you're here. It moves me literally from my core. The fact that you're here and you're choosing to be here irregardless of what's going on in this world. Thank you. And you know what? That's not civil disobedience. It's not defiance. It's just that we trust our God. Amen? Amen. Over all things of this world. So thank you. So if you're new here, it's your first time, uh, we kind of hit the ground running. We jumped on a moving train this morning. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. and the lead pastor here. Thanks for being here. If it is your first time visit, just fasten your seatbelt. Just ride along with us. It's going to be a great ride today. And I want to encourage you in something. Um, if you 've not been with us before, we we want you to just be a part. We want you to join in and we just receive you as family today. We welcome you as a special guest for those of you online. Thanks for joining us online and we just want to welcome you too and let you know it's it 's no less uh, we don 't want you to have any sense of of a less of an experience because you 're watching online today, so we want to say thank you for being with us today, and give you a little heads up, we're going to celebrate communion here in a minute, and so if you want to get those elements together, we'd love for that. Now, if you have any prayer requests and you're watching online, you can see on our screen our uh, address, info at FB. G. Com. You can write in, and we'll be glad to pray with you and stand with you. If you're watching on uh, social media, if you're watching on Facebook today, do let us know where you're watching from. Chime in, ask questions, engage. We love to engage those who are watching online. And let us know where you're from. We love seeing that. And I go through, and I go back through that list every Sunday afternoon, and I pray through every name of every person that's engaged with us online that lets us know. So I just want you to know you're being prayed for covered in your love. So thank you for being with us today. For our first time guests that are here in house, we'd like to welcome you with a hand clap. So thank you for being here. Also let you know if you're a first time guest, we got this for you. It's a little gift. And if you'll stop by our Connect Center booth out there, and uh, just there's a little Connect card. You can fill out that information there, and we'll give you a sack full of all kinds of goodies. And we just want to say thanks for being here, and that's our little gift to you for being here today. Also, want to let you know that we are constantly and on an ongoing basis praying for those that are on our VIP cards. I was stooping down to pick this up. Our VIP card, you can pick those up also at the Connect booth as well or here on the stage if you don't have one. If you have yours, would you take it out right now? What it is, it's 14 blanks. And on this 14 blanks, on one side, we want to pray for those who do not know Jesus Christ, those that are in your relational uh, orbit, we want to to by name be praying for them on an ongoing basis now this isn 't my card i 'll keep it blank up here because I have a card with names filled in, and uh, but it 's not your business who i 'm praying for. so I keep that one to myself because it 's very personal and people that I love dearly and want to see come to know Christ on the other side it 's praying for those who are disconnected from Christ. And we're saying, Lord, bring the prodigals home. And that's our hearts, to pray for them for whatever reason. Life happens, wheels fall off, and they get disconnected. And we want people to come into not just a distant relationship with Jesus, but a life-giving relationship with Jesus. So that's why we pray for them by name. So if you have your card, take it out. We're going to pray for these names. And we're also going to include in that prayer the other churches that are gathering across our community and our area this morning as a lot of pastors right now. I read an article uh, just last night on uh, six reasons why pastors are ready to quit the ministry right now. And uh, Tom Raynor, Dr. Tom Raynor, had that article. And he said that the majority of pastors that he's interacting with right now are ready to quit. And there, there, there's six reasons why. Listen, just FYI, I'm not numbered in that. So, I'm man. I'm super... I'm beyond freaking out excited because I see 2020 not as a year of COVID, but a year of revival yes. and spiritual awakening and re engagement. So I'm not numbered among it, but a lot are. And I've had some friends even recently spin out and so that are pastors and, and they're not now. And I just I want to hold them up. So can you just pray with me? Father, we engage, Father, over the lives of the people that are on these cards. Well, these are people that, that are near and dear to your heart. And so we hold them up to you. We just want to be conscious to pray for them on an ongoing basis like the the persistent widow to just keep banging on the door like a battering ram we're just going to keep asking keep praying your word says ask and keep on asking seek and keep on seeking knock and keep on knocking we're going to do that on their behalf because they're worth it and as much as they matter to us they matter more to you all lives matter to you and so we hold them up and father for our community the churches that are gathering across our community and some aren't some have stepped back lord we pray i pray for i pray for peace in pastors hearts cuz this has been torturous for so many of them of whether they do mass or not or whether they meet or not and it's just they're getting pulled from all directions and people are chiming in and they're getting it from every direction father we hold them up right now, God. They are under a barrage of influences right now with our culture, with the election, with political affiliations, with the riots and everything that's going on with that, with everything that's going on in the world right now. Lord, they're they're feeling the weight, so we hold them up. We hold up our sister churches here in our community who we love, we adore, want to be their biggest fan, their biggest cheerleader. God, I pray For those that are preaching today, that their pulpits would burn with a fire of the gospel of Jesus Christ today. And that, Lord, you would send fire. You would send fire upon the people of God, Lord. Not to burn them up, but that you would light them up, Father. Light them up with passion. Light them up with revival. Light them up with spiritual awakening. Outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And a fresh pep in their step as they walk out, ready to engage this world without fear. But with full of faith in life. In Jesus' name, if you agreed, somebody say amen really loud. Amen. That's a big amen. Amen. want to always recognize and appreciate our safety team. They are, they are among you. And uh, once you know, they, they like for me to point this out. And you'll notice we have exit signs over those doors. Also in the back, out the big door, there's exits. And then behind that split curtain there. So can we give our safety team a big hand and appreciate them? <laughs> They, they provide an avenue where we get to do this without any fear or worry. So I so appreciate them and their hearts. Uh, we want to dismiss our kids now and uh, uh, actually, yes, no, ah, my mind, sorry. I got ahead of myself. First of all, we want to celebrate Jesus in communion. And if you didn't get a cup, I want you to raise up your hand really high and we'll get this to you. And I want to tell you just about our heart here at the bridge We believe that the table of Jesus was open to all. We just don't see Jesus pushing people away because they didn't affiliate. And so we want you to know that you're welcome at the table. And so if you would, make sure you get one of these. Just hold your hand up high. We'll get them to you. Just be patient, and they'll get them to you. For those of you that are here, you kind of know the drill. If you've been here, peel that top layer first, not all the way off. And then I do this because... If I don't, inevitably, somebody's going to launch their juice. So if you would now peel the gold layer, not all the way off, and that way you've got them there. I'm getting fairly good at this. All right. I'll give you a moment to get that. So I was thinking about the disciples. I don't know about you. I love the disciples. You know why? Because in every one of them, I see elephants ele- Elephants. I see elements of myself. <laughs> I think I'm getting tired in the second service. I may need some coffee or something. I don't see elephants. I see elements. Wow! I'm just totally lost. That didn't I? So hey, let me tell you who I love. Let me here. Give me. Bring me another one of these. No, I'm just kidding. Who I love is a disciple. is Simon Peter. Simon Peter is like my favorite. He's the. He's the guy who reminds me of. Um, of. Of the one who would just go all in. He's an all-in kind of guy, a thousand. I mean, he's just all in. And he's the one that would, that would go off the side of a boat just at one word when Jesus had come. But I always have to wonder about how he felt about some of the other disciples. Man, he's all in. He's a go-getter. Let's get it done. Let's announce this ministry. Let's go public. Let's take it to the world. He was ready. But you got to wonder how he felt about Matthew, I don't know if you know much about Matthew, but Matthew was considered by the Jewish people. He was Jewish, but he was considered a traitor. He was considered a betrayer, and he was literally hated by his own people because he had aligned himself with the Roman government, the invader. And he had aligned himself, and he was lining his pockets with the money that they were having to give up for excessive taxes, and they hated him. And can you imagine how Peter felt when Jesus said, oh, by the way, here's another one of our disciples, Matthew, the tax collector. The Chosen does a great job of of portraying that. But I think beyond that, with my sanctified imagination, of now, picture them at the Last Supper, the night before he was betrayed, that whole group has been together now over three years. And at one point where Peter must have sat across the table with disdain and hatred in his heart for Matthew, three years later, I have to believe that now he sits across from Matthew and he sees him as brother and friend. See, that's what the gospel does. The gospel works. And in this hour where brother is betraying brother and son and daughter are betraying parents and parents all over an election all over what color shirt you wore to the polls when right now and as we move in towards Thanksgiving there is so much division and hatred man on man, woman on man it's, it's just it's the spirit of hatred is running rampant in our culture but we cannot be numbered among those That's right. and the same disdain that Simon Peter had for Matthew and yet the gospel, the good news of Jesus flipped the script on that, we have to receive the gospel in our own heart, maybe fresh maybe anew, to say I refuse to walk in a spirit of disdain and hatred toward another human being That should not be among us, family. And So think about the Last Supper, how the gospel changed Simon Peter's heart towards Matthew. And could it be that Jesus wants to change your heart towards someone that you're disdaining right now? Someone who didn't vote like you voted. Someone who doesn't wear a mask the way you wear a mask. Or they do and you don't. I mean, there's so much to be divided over right now. This is a moment where we come before Jesus. Communion means common unity. It means community. That's what the word means. And we celebrate common unity together under the banner of Jesus. And We let the gospel heal our hearts right now. And drive out the spirit of hatred. And disdain that is vying for your attention vying for your heart right now lord jesus we're before you as sons and daughters oh god we confess to you we've been distracted we have been we've took the bait the bait of satan is real some of us have really taken the bait we've got a hook in our mouth right now where we are now disdaining people we once loved people we once called family, people we once called friend, people we once called brother or sister. And now we find ourselves disdaining, hating, angry, hurt. Lord, we repent of that right now, even before we participate. Because, Lord, our heart is to be in union with you. Your word says that we're to examine our hearts before we even partake. So right now, shine the light of your gospel on our hearts. I'm asking Jesus, gospelize our hearts. Go. Gospelize our hearts right now. We need you. We really need you. More than ever. Our nation needs you. Our families need you, Lord. So super we pertain grateful, Jesus, that at that table, you held up a piece of matzo bread, unleavened bread, and you said, this is my body given for you. Given for you. Not taken. Given. And this is my blood given for you. Not taken, but given. And Lord, we receive the body and the blood And again, Lord. We celebrate our union with you, and we remember what you did, and even we're grateful for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen and amen. You can partake of the elements. Um before I dismiss children, we do have some announcements I need to share with you. One is that the, um, okay, last week I shared this, that the first service, when we had 100 boxes for Operation Christmas Child, that uh, the first service took 70 of the 100 boxes. So we learned a lesson, did we not? We'll go bigger next year. But those are due, the boxes that were taken are due today right here. I hope you brought them back. Now, we have a trap door for you. We have a safety collar. So if you didn't get that done, there's still time, and uh, you can take them by First Baptist Church tomorrow. That's the main pickup spot before 10 a.m. So I would go around nine ish, nine thirty. But be sure and get those there because we don't want to grab a box and then not get that back. So I want to invite you and ask you to do that. And if you would get that back to them, it's going to make a difference in somebody's life. And on December 6th, this is a beautiful moment. We're going to have a baby blessing. You may have heard it called a baby dedication, but we're gonna, we've got some babies around here. We can't wait to speak over and declare their destiny over them and encourage them and those precious families. So that will be on December 6th. If you haven't signed up and you would like to dedicate and bless your, have your child blessed, we want to do that during our second service. And we're going to invite you to go to uh, our website, bridgefbg.com, and you can find the panel there. It's, in, it's an event and you can click on that, and you can register for that. And then also, just to say once again how much we appreciate Aaron and Amanda being with us today. Can we bless them being here? We already consider them family. For those of you who've been around a while, they've led worship with us before, and we couldn't wait to get them back. And listen, I can't take, I can't make Russ take a break because he is a workhorse. He is so committed, so faithful. And he spends so many plates here that Annette and I started talking to Russ like, "You need to take a break." And he's like, "Okay, I will, I will." He won't, he won't. So, so we we fired him for the weekend basically, and said, "You have to leave. You can't stay here. You got to trust your team," which. Production team, you're killing it today. Thank you for what you're doing. And so do be praying for when They're enjoying a B&B in an undisclosed location, and we're so happy for them doing that. But it blesses us because we get to bless them, but then we get blessed with Aaron and Amanda. We love you guys. Really, you're you're family to us. So thank you. For being here there's more to come. so as we get ready we would now want to dismiss our children to go to the bridge kids classes. if you're a child and you're going to class today would you just stand up and let us pray over you right now? Father in the name of Jesus we lift up our children. we are grateful for the next generation and we speak protection over their destiny. And we honor them. Lord, lift up our workers as well. We're so grateful for our volunteers who serve tirelessly and without a lot of fanfare. Bless them and encourage them. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Can we uh, clap for our children as they go? They head out. The last thing I wanted to share just by way of analysis while they're getting ready to go and we're getting ready to speaking in terms of generosity is that our year end offering is coming up at the end of December and I want you to be preparing for that and praying about what God might have you do. Last year, we had a remarkable, really miraculous year-end offering, and we didn't know what to expect. We had just launched the church as the bridge and didn't know what was going to happen, and we were so blessed by your generosity, so much so that we were able to buy and acquire this building for us, get it in our name, and completely have that for us. So here's the good news. We only owe $900,000 on the building only 900000 That's amazing, y'all. We got this for pennies on the dollar, so we're very blessed to have this building. But wouldn't it be amazing, and, and would anyone here believe with me that we could pay this building off this year? Come on, why not, right? He's big. God's big. So jokingly, one person said amen real loud, and I said, sir, get that man's name because he's going to write a check. So it was a joke, but it's probably a bad joke. But anyway our heart is to be debt free so that we can literally move forward and the reason is and i want to show you if you'll notice we have three ways to give up here and as we talk about generosity here but we our mentality is is you're not giving to the church we give through the church we become a, dis- dis- a distribution center a hub For generosity. And so I want to show you the names of the people. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the screens are growing. We're running out of room on two screens of the people we're supporting, that we're blessing, that we're blessed to to give to and support. I want you to pick a name or names or a ministry off of that screen. And when we pray for an offering, I want to ask you to just lift them up, hold them up. You have to know that COVID has been a major, massive hit to a lot of nonprofits and those that are missionaries and ministries. Uh, some have had to come off the field or take a break and, and regroup, and so we want to continue to support them faithfully, and I believe if we can cancel this debt on the building, we'll, we'll have four or five screens up there because we're just going to redistribute, redistri- redistribute the resources that God brings and that God gives. Amen. So let's pray for our offering. Just FYI, uh, we have offering containers around. There are the black boxes over there. You're going to be dismissed to go to that and give your offering. If you've already given online, thank you so much for doing that. Or mail in, thank you again. Let's pray over our offering right now. Why don't we stand and get ready to worship while we give our offering? Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, we are so encouraged and blessed. You are so good to us. You are our provider. You're the God who meets all of our needs in Christ Jesus. We lean into and trust you for that. And I'm grateful to be a part of a generous body of believers called Bridge Church. We love you and we, lo- and we bless you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Let's worship together.
0: since I'm a guest and these guys are regulars, would you give the band a big hand? Because they are awesome.
2: Come on, guys. Thank you. Go ahead and be seated. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks, man. How are we handing
0: this off, Jimmy?
2: Uh, (laughs) So here's what we're going to do. You go ahead and be seated. The lights are about to blast on, as you know. So cover your eyes. There you go. They'll lower in just a moment. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. So I want to encourage you in something. A number of years ago, um, when I, for the first time, understood what identity in Christ means, it's kind of a weird term if you think about it, because we don't all just think in those terms. But for the longest time... Boy, I've got some fixing to do here. Pardon me. So for the longest time... To me, I just went about my business as a follower of Jesus. I was just doing the thing just like everybody else. I did what I was told. I was, okay, should I read the Bible? Read the Bible. Pray more. Pray more. I just did what I, what I was told because I didn't understand what was next. So as a disciple, a follower of Christ, I was allowing those who were my authority and who God put in, in, you know, church leaders, youth leaders, whatnot, just to sort of help direct my path. The reason I did that is because I did not at that point understand my own identity. I didn't know who I was. I knew I knew I was a young man who loved Jesus. I know that Jesus saved me. I understood that when I accepted Christ as my savior, something changed, something happened. He recreated my heart. My heart is not wicked like the Bible says, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Well, that's before Jesus. Amen. See, after Jesus comes, he gives us a what? A new heart. And so my heart, I had a grand exchange right here. And now I've got a new heart, new heart, new life. So I didn't really get all that at first because as a young Christian, I'm just trying to grow in the Lord. But I began to realize we had moved out to Southern California. It was a youth pastor out there, just loving being in a different part of the world and getting all things new. And we had a, an amazing moment in our youth group where God just blew things up. We experienced outpouring. We, we, we experienced revival. And we went from a little bitty youth group to, to over 200 in attendance. It just went, it was crazy. And it was like jumping. I, talk, I joke about jumping on a fast-moving train. That was like jumping on one of those hyperspeed trains and hoping it doesn't rip your arms out of socket. We were just holding on for the ride. And as this was going, I read a little booklet or a little book by Neil Anderson called The Bondage Breaker. When I read that book and realized all his whole thing about being free in Christ, being free from addictions and brokenness and all that, all centered and came back to understanding our identity in Christ. Not up understanding it here. See, this is the easy part. We can know things, we can know content. But I needed to know in my knower, so to speak. I needed to know in my heart who I was in Christ. So, how do you do that? I mean, it's one thing for somebody to tell you who you are in Christ, but it's another thing for you to know, discover, and in many cases, we need to go back and redig some old wells and recover who we are in Christ. Why do we need to recover who we are? Why do we need to go back and redig some wells? Here's why. Because right now, unless you're superhuman, the world is a very distracting place to be alive right now. Yeah. Is anyone distracted on a daily basis? Hello. As if there wasn't other distractions going on in our lives, we added 2020 to the calendar, and that brought what? COVID-19, Right. So now we've got this massive distraction with this. Not only is it deadly to some and dangerous to some, but maybe not others. But whether it is or not, it is a massive, massive emotional drain. I was listening to John Eldridge yesterday talk on a podcast about it. He said that right now we're experiencing cultural PTSD. This has so impacted our psyche, so impacted our heart that we're literally reeling as a culture from this. And what a lot of you are feeling right now where you're just like, God, I feel tired. I feel lethargic. I don't feel, you know, and our little joke around the house is, do, do you have the Rona? Do you have it? Do you have the Rona? Oh, that must be the Rona. I then i cough. I go, do you have the Rona? So it's become a little joke around the house because sometimes I have to laugh to keep from crying, folks. So this has been a crazy year. So add that distraction to it. So now you've got the whole shame game going on. Are you wearing a mask or not wearing a mask? Do you? Don't you? Is it a mandate? Is it a law? Is it a rule? Is it a suggestion? I mean, we're torn. And frankly, it changes so often. I'm not sure what's what right now about that. I'm just not. And so I I try to keep up with it. And then I get totally depressed because that means I got to read the news (laughs) or watch a news feed. Or the hundreds of videos y'all send me through the Facebook Messenger. Please stop. <laughs> stop. I'm like a, a fish on a hook with that stuff. So if I love you, I'm going to okay, I'll look at ah No, stop. Stop the madness. I don't look at them anymore. I'm just disengaging from a lot of that right now. Why? Because it has become a negative distraction in my life. And what it's doing, it's keeping me from living above the line. So, you gotta understand, there's a big story going on, an upper story, and there's a line, there's a lower story going on. We live in the lower story. That's what's right in front of us, what we touch, see, feel, taste, hear. That's all of this century stuff that we live in right now. That's the lower story. But there's an upper story going on, and it has to do more with the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdoms of, of this world are gonna pass away, family. This is all very short lived stuff. You like that? You like that, Colonel? So, but here's the deal the kingdoms of our God and King, the kingdom of our King. I'm telling you, it is eternal and forever. And that's the one. And I'm just reminding you, maybe re-reminding you of who you are in Christ, that you are a son and you are a daughter of the most high God. Now, here's the deal. I have to constantly realign my thinking to this because I get distracted too. Oh, I forgot to mention flu seasons among us. Woo. So we've got that to throw in the mix with COVID. Now, Beyond that, what else do we have going on? We have domestic terrorism. Uh, they call them uh, protests, but they're actually just, just terrorism is all it is. So we got terrorism going on from within right now all over in major cities all over the place. Now, let's add something else to that. How about let's add an election that has been the most divisive election probably in the history of America. And here's what I'm sad about. And I brought it up in my little prayer earlier, but i got to speak to this because you... Some of you are going to sit across from the table eating a turkey leg in a few days from somebody that is in your family that you have grown up with and have loved until this year. So about three years now, three years ago, um, John Eldridge and his team at Wild at Heart up in Colorado Springs, Colorado were praying and they were sensing something in their prayer time as a group as a ministry they meet every morning and pray together and they kept this thing kept coming up and 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 they would sort of like shrug it off like it doesn't even make sense right now and what it was they identified what they believed was a spirit of hatred released upon the earth that sounds pretty epic and bold and you know big and, and even when one of them said it in their prayer time, while it sort of resonated, it, there wasn't a lot going on at that time that gave a major indication toward that. Well, that was two and a half years ago. So when we were in Colorado Springs last year, about this time, was it this time? About this time, and, uh, and they shared that. And, and I remember thinking, no, that doesn't really bear witness with me. Because at that time, all this stuff hadn't happened. 2020 hadn't happened. So I, I, we left. I was going, okay, I get it. Okay, spirit of hatred. But it didn't really, like, come back up in my mind much. Until things started happening in our world that sent an alert, sent a flag up to me that this is that. And there are very few people right now that have not been touched or impacted by the spirit of hatred. I mean, whether it's shaming, whether it's disdainment, disdaining somebody. You know, there are families that have been so divided by politics right now. Oh, my gosh. Thanksgiving is going to be very uncomfortable for a lot of families this year, and that is tragic. That is tragic. So what used to be a preference in political persuasion has become a hill that people are ready to die on. And you know what I think about that? Not that you ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway because I have the microphone right now. I think there is only one kingdom to give my heart to, my life for, and it's the kingdom of God. That's the one that matters. That's the one that's eternal. Listen, presidents are going to come and go, family. Ministries are going to come and go. Churches are going to come and go. People are going to come and go. But here's the deal. The kingdom of our God and king is eternal And forever. And that is the hill. That's where I'm putting my flag in the ground. And I want to invite you to do the same. Just in case you forgot who you are. If you name the name of Jesus and you say, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, I'm a child of God, I'm saved. I'm born again, I've been baptized, I'm a disciple of Jesus. Then you are not afforded the luxury to entertain the spirit of hatred or disdainment for another human being. Amen. 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 Just going to let that simmer. We got that on the back burner on low. Just let it let it simmer for a minute. We need to receive that. And we need to say enough is enough. This is why identity is important because a lot of us, through all this stuff, listen, I'm in there getting mad just like you. I'm frustrated just like you. I'm in there getting tore up over this stuff just like you. But I've had to go back to and re-dig some wells in my own life to say, all right, I've got I to gotta get into realignment here because right now I'm out of alignment. I'm out of balance right now. If you've ever driven down the highway and you pull up beside a vehicle who's thrown a weight off their tire, some of you guys are going to know what I talk about. That tire's just bouncing. And in your mind, you're thinking that tire's not going to last very long. Why? Because it cannot sustain that, that level of abuse for a long period of time. Did you know that our souls and our hearts are under sustained attack right now? There is sustained abuse to your heart and to your soul right now because of what is going on in our world. And we have to say enough is enough. So if it's not enough for you to say it, here's what the Holy Spirit's been saying to me. Remember who you are. Because I'm telling you, I can get as wound up as you over this stuff. I can get as angry as you. And constantly now the Holy Spirit keeps saying, have you ever had the Holy Spirit throw a flag on you, a penalty flag? You know, it's just like you're on the field and then flags just go off everywhere. What is that? It's the Holy Spirit saying, stop. By the way, the word rebuke is not a negative term. We've turned it into a negative thing. Rebuke simply means to arrest or stop. It literally means to stop movement or stop motion. So when the Lord rebukes us, it's not an angry, harsh thing. It's just stop. When Jesus rebuked Peter, he was telling him to stop. When the Holy Spirit rebukes us, it's love. He's just saying stop that. Stop thinking like that. Stop going there. Stop letting your heart be dissected by the culture and the spirit of the age, spirit of hatred, as we look into god 's word about identity we 're using the bookmark today and just want to share a couple of truths with you we 've been going through the the, the five truths and we 're on number five today and if you have your bookmark, take it out if you don 't have one and you would like one, we have them up here on the corner of the stage' or There's some on the tables in the very back by the sound booth, or there's some out there at the Connect Center. Feel free to get up and get one. As I told the first service, I have six grandchildren. Nothing shakes me. So you feel free to go get one. You're not going to bother me or anybody else, because I would appreciate and love for you to have one. So feel free to get one if you need one. So we're going to go all the way down the list. We've gone through God desires an intimate relationship with you. That's on the cart. All this is is a tool, by the way. All it is is the Word of God put into a form that you can pray, speak, declare, receive, and have your spirit lifted back up to the upper story above the fray. There it is. God desires an intimate relationship with you. Number two, Jesus himself is a Christian life. Number three, Jesus is our source for this life. I love that. Jesus wants to live his life in you and through you. We talked about that primary preposition. In you and through you. Love it. And then listen to this. We're going to cover this last one. Jesus, living through you, will fulfill his purposes. You have to understand something. You were not created for you. You were created for him out of his good pleasure. He created you for himself because he wanted somebody else to love. So he allowed you to be born. And here you are on this planet with the sole desire to fulfill his purposes in your life. Now, he lets us do a lot of stuff because we get a lot of bonuses and benefits in this deal. We get to live life. We get to participate in Garth Brooks' at The Dance. We get to dance. We get to have this life. We get to enjoy this world and be a part of it and fellowship and connect and enjoy the good things of this world. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. He releases good things for us. Why? Because he loves us. There you go. So we're created for his purpose. So here's the problem. If you're not living for Him, for His purposes, then you're not operating in the way you were designed to operate. You're like a tool that's being misused. You're like a tire out of balance. It was never meant to roll that way. And so God has created you to roll a certain way and to live a certain life. So here's the deal. We get to spend the rest of our life finding out exactly what he wants us to do listen this isn't a negative thing this is an exciting thing because i'm telling you anybody who tells you the christian life is boring they don't know jesus they know religion but they don't know christ jesus was an adventurer he would talk about wild at heart he was the original outlaw jesus went against the flow against the grain upstream when the stream was running down Jesus was the original outlaw. Let me tell you something. To follow him and to know him is a life lived on adventure. So if your Christianity is boring, I'm sorry, that's not Christianity. I don't know what it is. It's a form of religion that denies the power thereof. And Jesus is real strong about that. So I want to encourage you today. Let's get on the right train. There's a lot of trains going on. Let's get on the right one. And it's the train of Jesus. It's him. So, look what it says. It, uh, so, this is truth number five. You can see it. Jesus living through you will fulfill his purposes. And here are some of the benefits or these purposes that come along that come to us as followers of Jesus. Use this card. Keep it handy. Grab several of them. Keep them all over the house, in your Bible, wherever. dash your car, wherever. You need them stuck on your refrigerator so that you can walk by and go, wait a minute. According to God's word, he sets me free, John 8, 32. Now, I want to show you a couple of things here. First of all, look at this. He gives you victory. Here's one. We're going to take some out of that list. He gives you victory. Now, I'm going to say it this way, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you who, what your identity is. Your identity is not victim. There you go. Your identity is not victim. Now, it doesn't mean you haven't been, have not been victimized. You may very well have been perpetrated against. You may very well have been victimized. And you know what? But that doesn't make you, uh, by identity, a victim. That's
3: right.
2: In fact, according to God's word, you are a victor. Oh, wow. I got one almost amen and a nod. In Christ, you are victorious. Do you not understand this? That in the end, we win? Wait, that's good, but it gets gooder from there. Bad grammar, I know. Listen, in the end we win, but in between we win too. You, you are victorious in Christ. I remember a Bible professor telling us he was really incensed by people talking about victory. How, how dare we talk about victory? I said, excuse me, sir? What do you mean by that? And he said, well, he said, all these Christians are talking about victory. Listen, we need to walk in humility and in love. and I said, but if he calls us a victor, then we're a victor. If he says we have the victory in Christ, then it's not arrogance to say I'm a victor. It is agreement and alignment with God's word. Here's where we need to go back to, and this is what's critical. This needs to be the source for who you are in Christ. This book right here, if we're not on this, in this, and it's not in us and on us, you won't know who you are. Here's the deal. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. Anybody need direction right now? Anybody need to know what true north is right now in the middle of this craziness? Anybody need to have their scale recalibrated, their compass repaired? Anybody here need their GPS to work like it's supposed to instead of constantly saying recalculating because you're off course? If that's you, then this is your true north. This is your identity. This is you are who he says you are. And if he says you're a victor, well, guess what? You're victorious. Amen. That doesn't mean you look victorious in the moment. That doesn't mean it looks like it's all happening for you right now. Because people are at different places. Because we are in the valley of the shadow of death, you feel like anything but a victor. Can I get an amen? amen? Let me tell you something. The valley of the shadow of death gives way to a mountain. And it's a mountain that you're going to come out of that valley eventually. And you're going to come out a different person than when you went in. You're going to be shaped You're going to be molded. You're going to be crafted. You're going to be defined. And when you come out and God defines who you are, you will come out stronger than when you went in. Jesus went into his wilderness driven by the Holy Spirit. He came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what a wilderness does. So is the wilderness God's will? Oh, he uses wilderness as well in our lives. And some of you find yourself there right now. I want you to know something. You are a victor in spite of... Of what it looks like right now. So here's the key to this. It's actually getting this truth on your mouth. On your tongue. And saying you know what? I believe in the power of words. Now we know power, we know the power of words. Because how many of you know negative and critical words have an impact? Yep. What just stands to reason? Follow the logic train. That if negative and critical words have an impact on us. Can you imagine getting God's word on our mouth. And what kind of impact that could have on us. So to say that you are a victor through Christ Jesus is not arrogance, it is simply agreement with God's word. Amen. You don't go around beating your chest. In fact, it should bring humility to your life. But here's what I refuse to say ever in my life, and I've had opportunities too. I refuse to ever declare that I am a victim. There you
3: go. Thank you, Lord.
2: No there are people who have been victimized and they've embraced the identity of a victim. Now, here's the deal. Once you embrace the identity of a victim, you're no longer a victim. You are now a volunteer. That means you have moved into a new place of acquiescence, a new place of receiving. That has now become your identity. And that is a dangerous, dangerous place, family. I go back to God's Word, and He tells me that in Christ I have the victory. In Christ, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. In Christ, I'm the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Blessed coming in. Blessed going out. Blessed in the city. Blessed all the way out in Harper. I am blessed wherever I am. Amen? Amen. Why? Because God's word says it. And for me to agree with God's word is to bring myself into alignment with truth. Not facts. Truth. And truth is that which lasts forever. Facts are temporary and subject to change diagnosis, fact, truth, (laughs) oh, God's bigger than any diagnosis. Can I get an amen? So listen to this. He gives a victory. Thanks be to God. Here's the second one. We'll just do a couple of these. He meets your needs. Can I get an amen? Now listen, we say amen by faith because here's what I've learned about God. He's never early. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? I mean, you're praying, you're believing, you're asking, you're like, Lord, I got needs here. This is serious. But Let me tell you, he is rarely ever, ever early, or maybe that's just my story. And sometimes it will appear as though he's late because deadlines come and go, amen? Months run out, right? (laughs) Things finish. And it appears that he's completely abandoned me. But I look around this room and your heart's still beating. You're still here. God, somehow, some way, came through for you. He provided, He met your needs. Somehow, some way, He came through. And Annette and I could sit and count miracle after miracle after miracle, where God provided. And let me tell you something, God will often bring you what you need through a vehicle that you didn't necessarily ask for, through a person, through a situation you didn't ask for. God is creative in the myriads of ways he can get to you what you need. Listen to the verse. And my God will meet all. Someone say all. all. So I broke that down. I exegeted that out of its context. And guess what I found out? Not exegeting, but actually exegeting it. The word all literally means all. It means what it says. So this, and my God, Do you? I love the way Paul says that. My God. My God, my God, my Father, my Abba, my good Father. He says, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory. Do you think God's rich? You heard that? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Guess what? He owns the hills too. (laughs) He didn't just own the cattle. He has it all. It's all his. And whenever there's lack, whenever there's that, I go back to Psalm 23. God oh, you're my shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not lack or want for any good thing. Why? Because he's God and he's my shepherd and I trust him. Skills for all kinds of things. I sat with a precious couple yesterday. Many of y'all know Judith Rost and Leonard and Judith has been diagnosed with stage 4 lymphoma and it's just, it's throughout her body and Sat with them yesterday, sat at their tables, had a sweet visit with them, and she said, I'm not done. I said, oh, you've been listening to that song. If I'm not dead, I'm not, you're not done. You're not done. And I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray like it depends on us, and we're going to trust like it depends on him. I want you all to listen to what I just said. This is important. Some of you are wondering how to pray for healing, how to pray to get your needs met, wondering how is it selfish to ask? Is it selfish to go there? I want you to hear this. You pray like it depends on you, and you trust like it depends on him. You hear the balance in that? You hear how that works? So here's the deal. The God who meets all of our needs I pray like it depends all on me. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the persistent widow with a battering ram on the door. <laughs> Lord, you said, ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking, seek and keep on seeking. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. So you pray like it depends on you, but you trust like it depends on Him. Why? Because it does. Hello. It does. So I'm encouraging that. Then the last one, we'll do one more and then we're gonna go. Let's go ahead and get the worship team. Make your way up. We're gonna go out with worship today. Acts 1.8. He gives you his Holy Spirit. I wanted to end on this because I mentioned this earlier as we invited the Holy Spirit to minister to us. I want you to know something. I want everybody to look at me just for a moment. Just get your eyes real quick. Real quick. I need to see eyeballs. Okay, look at me. You are not alone, even though you feel alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Even when you feel that way, you are not alone. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. You are never alone. If you're a child of God, you've given your heart to Christ, you've been baptized, you're following him as a disciple. Not perfect, don't have it all together, but you're his daughter, his son. You are not alone because he has given you his presence in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit called holy. That means set apart. And he is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. In you. Jesus said it's expedient. He told his disciples, it's good for you that I go away. Wait a minute. It's not good that Jesus goes away. He said, no, I have to because for me to go away, the comforter that can now come. In other words, my presence will be released in the spirit. And we saw that happen at Pentecost. Look what it says in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power. Someone say power. power. That word is dunamis. We get the English word dynamite from that. It means force. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. That's that's these broadening bands of influence all the way out to the ends of the earth. Let me just, before you get super excited about Pentecost, you need to get really excited about Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10. Pentecost was for the Jews, by the way, the Jew first and then the Gentile. And Acts chapter 10 is our Pentecost. It's when Jesus, it's when Peter showed up to a bunch of Jew, uh, Gentiles and they gathered them all together in Cornelius' house. He preached the same sermon he preached on Pentecost to the Jewish people and the Holy Spirit fell upon us. Unless you're Jewish, then you get, you get Acts chapter 2. But the Holy Spirit fell on all those Gentiles and they received, they were empowered to do exactly what? To fulfill his purposes. So our Pentecost is Acts chapter 10 at Cornelius' house. And thank God for Cornelius, a God-fearer who wouldn't give up. A God-fearer who sought God. And God poured out His Spirit upon him and his family and all of his household. So here's what the Holy Spirit does for you, family. The Holy Spirit empowers you that you can do things that are above and beyond who you are. That means while the rest of the world is losing its mind, you don't have to. Because you have help, you have comfort, you have counsel. Because the Holy Spirit living in you is bigger than anything going on in this world right now. Listen, I'm not saying we're impervious to what's going on in our culture. It's real. But you can live above the fray. And when you're not living above the fray and you find yourself drowning in it, you can simply do what Peter said when he was drowning in the water. It was a one-word prayer. Anybody remember? Help. Help. Best prayer in the Bible. Help. And guess what? Jesus is right there. A lot of us are walking on water, and it's a little shaky right now. The storm is there. And it's a little hard to keep our eyes on Jesus right now. But that is what we do. And as we do, he fulfills his purposes in us. Listen, as we get ready to go visit with family, listen. Listen. There's not a family on the planet that doesn't have a weird uncle. Amen? Let's just be honest. Now, if you're wondering who that weird uncle is, that might be you. If You can't put your finger on that one. But I'm just saying, we all are going to be in the presence of people that it can be very difficult. And the times we're in, it can even be ex- amplified and expounded. And I want to pray a prayer over you to literally break any agreement that we have made with the dark side, with the enemy. Because what we tend to do is we make agreements with things that lock us in. See, when I make an agreement with somebody, I shake somebody's hand and we make an agreement. We now strike a covenant over some issue, some thing, buying a car, whatever. We shake hands. That is an agreement that I enter into. Unfortunately, the enemy is bringing things into our lives right now that it's easy to make agreements with. We can agree, we can agree with hatred. I'm going to hate everybody who voted different than me. And here's the reasons why. Let me tell you, both sides have a long list right now. And that is not, that right. should not be among us, family. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking as someone who's had to realign my thinking. Because I got swept up in the hysteria of the world, too. You know what this feels like right now? It feels like we're in the Roman Colosseum watching gladiators in the ring. And we've been caught up in the hysteria of it. Listen, the word insane means to be out of our mind. When you're insane, you're in sin. I'm telling you, it's it's just, sin will just blow your mind. And you can no longer think clearly and rationally and think well. And the Holy Spirit comes along and says, I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to counsel you on that. I'm going to comfort you in that. Because that's what he is, a counselor, comforter, helper. But what happens is we make agreements, and I just want to prepare you for the family that you're about to sit across the table and eat turkey with. Because some of them you may have loved at one time, but now you're angry. Now you're frustrated because you're not on the same side. And that is exactly what the enemy wants, is to set you up. Yeah, this faith stuff's tough, isn't it? It's all much a lot more fun to preach than it is to live. Sometimes, just telling you. So would you bow your heads and would you? I'm going to lead you in a prayer to break any agreements that you have made in regards to things that, in your heart, you know are not necessarily true. But in the hysteria of the day, we've 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 grabbed hold of some things and we've made them our own, and we've brought them into our heart. And now they're identifying us. When the only thing that needs to be identifying you and me, friends, is the Word of God. We're sons and daughters of God. That's what needs to identify us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I pray for my friends, pray for myself here. And even as in the first service, we, we walked through this together. Lord, right now, we recognize. And, and let me say one more thing before I finish the prayer, because. If you find yourself hating, you find yourself angry, you find yourself disdaining, first thing we need to do is repent. We just need to turn. Repentance means turning to Jesus. By turning to Christ, you're turning your back on everything else. You turn to Christ. So I'm going to ask you right now, repent, turn, return. So Lord, right now we, we confess that we have been systematically diabolically pitted against one another. People that we love, people we've grown up with, we're finding ourselves hating and being angry and not understanding how they can think that way. And, and they're thinking the same thing about us. And God, we're about to meet up with a whole bunch of those folks. So God, we need, we need to prepare our hearts. We need to break any agreements. God, I want to do that. We want to do this together. We want to break any agreements we've made with the enemy that have caused us to buy into false, that have falsehoods and lies. We know free people, free people, but bound people, bind people. We don't want to be numbered among those who bind others. We want to walk in freedom. So Lord Jesus, right now, you, I just want to ask you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I turn my face to you. I turn my back on all this stuff. And I turn my heart to you. Lord Jesus, I break any and every agreement I have made with the spirit of hatred, with the spirit of disdain, with the spirit of falsehood, with the spirit of fear. I break every agreement that is not of the kingdom of God. And I turn my heart to you, and I repent, and I receive forgiveness, I receive your grace, I receive freedom, and I receive the ability to love. Thank you, Jesus. And everyone said, amen "Amen and amen. Somebody just breathe that out real quick. Just go just let that go don't forget, remember we talked about this a while back, the one minute pause John Eldridge, it simply goes like this, God I forgive everyone I release everyone and everything I I release everyone I let go of everyone and everything Jesus, it's that simple I let go just keep letting go Just keep letting go. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's go out and worship.
4: sealed the promise
2: As we go, again, happy Thanksgiving to you. I know it's going to be different this year. Some of us are not traveling like we have before. But for those of you who are, be safe, be wise, and be blessed. Have a great week.